Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. something really beautiful and i know that the weather's gonna absolutely bite me in the ass for this but i don't have my ac on and i don't have a fan on and i feel like that's the first time in like four months of us recording that that hasn't happened thank you (laughs) (laughs) and that is you know I just have to take small wins where I can get it. Yeah, I mean, I and couldn't that, have said it better than, than the dog, so. <laughs> yeah, it's just so true, Bestie, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm My neighbor has a motorcycle, and my dog thinks it's his, like, mortal enemy. <laughs> you know what? I agree. Um, yeah, if I... W- well, yeah, honestly, like, I'm kind of with him on it. Like, yeah, if I was dog-sized, <laughs> I would absolutely... <laughs> how do you pay the insurance on them? That's how I always wonder. Mm. They have to yeah. be a nightmare, you know? Truly. Like, I get it. I've seen the movies. I saw Jacob Black, you know? (laughs) It's okay, babe. I'll stop talking about motorcycles. I get it. It gets a URL done. Um, What is this beautiful puppy's name? So I can address them properly. His name is Theo. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm so glad that we... It's been a while since we've had two guests on at the same time. (laughs) Right. Consecutively. Yeah. And so it's truly a pleasure. Um... To have the Theo James reincarnated as a puppy on the space. <laughs> yes. uh, what I know now about Theo is hates motorcycles and yep. and really does not like the opera, which valid. No. Um, no. And also does not like poorly done renditions of Jane Austen books. Mm. Precisely. Precisely. And you know what, Nicole, honestly, I think that I can't think of a better animal for you to have (laughs) in your home. Genuinely. Genuinely. Now, can I ask, I don't Um. know if you have seen uh, HBO's The Time Traveler's Wife, um, does he show, does your Theo show his butt as much as Theo James? (laughs) (laughs) I have not watched it yet, and I really need to. It's going to fucking break your Um, heart. I'm going to tell you right off the bat. Yeah, I've been a little afraid to watch it. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) <laughs> it's um it's theo i'm sorry all right i'll stop um it's <laughs> the cody and i have talked about this ad nauseum because yeah. hbo decided yep. to fucking go after our throats by doing station 11 for cody and then the time traveler's wife which is oh, my right. favorite book as well they like broke into our houses oh and our gosh. brains <laughs> figured out they what just books like, meant the most what to are us? the things that are most <laughs> important and painful yep. and we're gonna do them Right. For you. Oh, my God. So, Except you know, it's like, been a good year for us. For mine, <laughs> I didn't get a full season because of the fucking Discovery Plus. So, and the budget oh, cuts. Shit. It's fine. I'm not bitter. I don't talk to my therapist about it or anything. I didn't even like, realize fine. that that stopped <laughs> uh, with the like, merger <laughs> shit. That's crazy. I didn't even realize it's that, like, like, wow. They were, it stopped at six episodes. They didn't even go through the whole book. Ugh. 
It's fine. It's that's so weird. It's fine. I haven't like screamed about right. it. <laughs> it's just that, like it was one of the best adaptations that we were getting, and then they just like didn't. Yeah, I mean, it. when you guys are so starved for oh, Travers' so wife annoying. content, because most of it is not great <laughs> adaptation wise. Exactly. Like this was a gift. <laughs> it's fine. It wasn't gonna like single handedly like change my life, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> Nicole, I am so happy to have you here. It's very rare on this show after almost six years that we get like true experts to talk about the media that we (laughs) have. Um, We've been very lucky this past few months to have like bringing on experts to talk about the movies that we're watching. And it feels odd because that's not really what we do here. Right. Um, We're usually just like, yeah, we're watching this because of Dakota. Let's just like fumble and, and like make yep. goofs. Um, and then we're bringing on someone who like actually knows about classics. Um, for anyone who has the audacity to not know about you, your dog, your podcast, could you <laughs> tell everyone who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So um, I am a film critic and a historian. Um, I am based in North Carolina. I am in sort of the middle of my graduate degree in public history. I'm hoping to work sort of in museums and historic sites. Uh, and then I've also been a film critic for about five years now. Um, and I sort of, because of that, specialize in period drama. Um, I have a, a podcast with a friend of mine where we literally just talk about like, all right, let's look at the actual history behind these films. Um, and, you know, I'm not someone who's, like, necessarily a stickler for historical accuracy in all ways. Like, I love a good imaginative telling of something, but then there are also times where I'm like, how dare you <laughs> do that? Um, I'm also a huge Jane Austen fan. I love classic literature. Uh, I'm also a theater person. Um, never really grew out of my theater kid sure. era. Mm. Uh, <laughs> as, as many yeah. of us don't. Um, and I, yeah, the biggest thing in my life lately, though, is just that I have this new puppy who is five months old as of today. His name is Theo. He loves Sebastian Stan, um, like his mother. No, literally, it's very funny. Like, I, if I am showing him photos on my phone, he will lick the phone if I show him a photo of Seb Stan. Um, I mean, taste, you know. And it's the only person he does that to, which fascinates me. Um, yeah, and he is named after Vincent Van Gogh's brother. Um, God, because I'm a history nerd. Beautiful, <laughs> I love that. Can I? This is not why we brought you on here, but now I'm just like morbidly curious. Yes. How did you feel about rain? Okay, (laughs) Mary Queen of Scots has always been one of my favorite historical figures and I started watching Rain and I was like this is ridiculous I love it give me more and the thing about Rain I've watched Rain like four or five times oh Um, single handedly keeping it getting those uh, literally I I, like seasons two and three are not good but the first season was pure nonsense and I loved it and the last season was also like incredible um, I love Adelaide Kane. I would, like, follow her to the ends of the earth. Um, but the thing that I appreciated about Rain is that they were so clearly doing historical fantasy. Mm. Like, the the free people dresses, the, like, weird supernatural <laughs> elements. They were like, we are not trying to make you think this is real at all. And I respect that. I would much rather something like that than something like The Tudors, mm-hmm. which was, like, trying to appear historically accurate and wasn't. Um, I'm kind of, like... 
you know, either do it right or just like throw everything out and go to free people. Right. <laughs> I love that. Like, it's not good, but I love it. Sometimes you need that, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That is a... I feel like I see people constantly remember that that show exists. And I think having that context that it's not actually trying to be historically accurate is helpful Hmm. for people to know. Exactly. Yeah. And I love that the showrunners were very honest about that. They were like, oh, yeah, like... This is an accurate. I mean, we put it on CW. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You think there's, there's a, a budget. Reason. There's a reason why this is here. I do not go to the CW for historically No accurate. way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Before we dive into the mess that is this movie, I would love to know how you've been, what is a, what is a happy thing that's been bringing you joy, aside from your producer, Theo, before we get into this movie? <laughs> Yeah, I would say, so I just got back from um, my first time in Toronto. Mm. I had never been to Canada before, and I felt absolutely head over heels for the city of Toronto. I was there for a week um, attending the Toronto International Film Festival, which was so amazing, so exhausting. I feel like I'll be in recovery (laughs) for two weeks now. Um, But I saw a film there that I am absolutely obsessed with. And I feel like, especially with the film that we're talking about today, it's an apt one to bring up. And it is Emily, Mm. which is the new film by um, Frances O'Connor. It's her directorial debut. And it is about Emily Bronte, um, sort of leading up to the writing of Weathering Heights. And Emma Mackey is incredible in it. It has, it is actually like, in terms of costuming hair and makeup astoundingly period accurate except where divulging for like character purposes um it is beautiful it has the most insane like opium sequence i've ever seen in a film of its kind uh yeah it is like everything it also has like one of the hottest sex scenes i think i've ever seen um it is everything that i could ever want from a period drama and um, I, I cannot wait to watch it again. I can't wait for, like, it to come out and all the other, you know, period drama people to get to see it. <laughs> what a high compliment. Yeah. To come. A real gold star. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is amazing. I will need to keep that on my radar once it is available for the lay people like myself. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Cody, what's up? How you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while. Hey, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm chilling. Um, I am. I want to bring a video game to the space um, oh as God. a happy thing. Um, I also realized that, like, because I've been gaming a little bit more recently because I have a little bit more free time than I used to, which is very nice and rare. Um, but also, I feel like the only video games I've, like, brought to the space are, like, not good video games, like Fall Guys or the Jeopardy game on the Switch. <laughs> so, um, so I want to bring something that. that's... your truth. Right. Th- those are my truths. But I also want to bring something that I think is actually genuinely a very good game. Um, and it's called Eastward. And it's... Mm. If you like uh, Stardew Valley, if you like Legend of Zelda-type dungeons and puzzles... And also want to feel emotions that will destroy you, maybe, but also in a fun, cute way. Um, this is the game for you. <laughs> it's, it's very good. It's like about this um, w- weird world in the future where, like, there's this, there's something weird going on that, like, you don't really know, and there's like humanities at stake or whatever, and there's this like team of like a dad and this kid who's mm-hmm. adorable, and I'd protect her with my life. 
um, and they have to just keep going east to, like, figure out what's going on with the planet and how to save it um, along the way. And it's very fun. It's very emotional. Mm. And it's very beautifully done and, like, has a great, like, little chiptune soundtrack. I I very much recommend it. I love I love it a lot. Oh, okay. I love a good video game. Yeah, we, we love a video game. And also it gave me everything, because I like, I tried Stardew Valley a lot, especially like early uh, in the Newtons, but the only thing I wanted to do were the dungeons. I didn't want to grow anything. I didn't want to like <laughs> to, I don't want to do like the stuff you're supposed to do. And so I never like made it that far. <laughs> but this gave me that. I was like, oh, I could just go in dungeons and like kill little monsters that look kind of cool. And then, you know, oh, there's like a cooking component, which is very fun. Um, oh. Love that. Um so yeah, big fan for me specifically, um, and I would recommend. It. I always wanted. I've played Stardew Valley. I feel like like once. Yeah. I want to get back into it desperately. I am afraid of trying it again because I'm. Because Animal Crossing burned me. Right. And, and it is absolutely not Animal Crossing's fault. It is yeah. simply because of the association I have with it now with the yes. names. Yeah. Um, of like that being a, a lifeboat. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then resenting it for that. Yeah. Um, but that sounds amazing. And I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, I am here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. Um, I, I was desperately hoping that in our in the time since we brought a podcast that I would be able to be like, you know what my happy thing is? The Bachelorette. Um, mm. And unfortunately, that's not. That's not it. No. Um, not so, worth it. Not worth the happy thing. <laughs> I would argue it's the opposite of my happy thing this week. Um, instead, I have been uh, re-watching The West Wing. Um, Ooh. Because... I don't know because I needed pain. Um, I feel like what I'm bringing to the happy space this week, though, is not the West Wing, but specifically Alice and Janney. Because I feel mm-hmm. like in watching the West Wing for the first time many moons ago, I was like, oh, I have never seen an Aaron Sorkin piece before. I'm so enamored by this, what I would find out to be the shitty man. Um, and that's why I'm not talking about the West Wing. Because I can't, <laughs> I can't talk about a man. Um, not that man. <laughs> not that, not that man. Um, but instead I want to talk about the wonder, the light that is Alice and Janney. Um, and how much I love seeing that little flamingo shaped woman everywhere. Every time I watch that show. And everything I've seen her in since. Um, but it is wild that she was just on television for people so long. Um, and being able to go back and watch from when I was a little babe um, is a joy. Because she's so goddamn funny. And I appreciate mm. her immensely. And I love that. Uh, there's so many things. I'm not going to talk about everything that I love about all of the things that she's been in. But I just, she's a light, and I appreciate her. And sometimes yeah. you need that. Yeah, you've been on a really good roll of, of rewatches lately, I feel. I, <laughs> You're, like, speed running every, 
every like notable show from like the past decade or so and I really appreciate that I, I, yeah. I love the dedication <laughs> I feel like when I I think that's the you know it's just like the fun thing about like trauma right um, the first time I watched <laughs> some of these um, I don't remember it. So it's like mm-hmm. watching it for the first time. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, I feel that. <laughs> but that is a, it's a great joy to be able to enjoy. I mean, it was like, what was it earlier this summer? I was like, damn, Viola Davis. <laughs> yeah. With murder. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and now seeing Allison Janney just like killing it. And it's like, everyone knew that. I knew that because I've seen her in, in movies and in television since yeah. uh, seeing it. Uh, from what was theoretically like the get-go is mm-hmm. very is very lovely and she's I love seeing her laugh it just her laugh makes me laugh and that's uh, you can't just that's hard to do and I love yeah. that a lot she's just so powerful she is and tall she and is great and good at acting <sighs> gosh the talent you know yeah the range <laughs> the range <laughs> um Nicole, I am waiting on bated breath to hear okay. something that we ask everyone who uh, joins our show, which is, could you do me the honor of telling me your <laughs> Twilight backstory? I can, which I'm sorry to say is kind of a disappointing no, one. there's no such thing. I... <laughs> I was not into Twilight when it first came out. I was... As you can probably guess, um, someone who mostly read a lot of, like, historical fiction, Mm -hmm. I was very into the Percy Jackson series um, because I was a mythology kid, and I was obsessed with the Hunger Games. Those were, like, my things. Um, And so everybody, like, and it's so funny that I, whenever I talk to people about this, it feels like the experience was very different from school to school, but all the popular girls at my school were very into Twilight. Mm -hmm. And, of course, um... That meant that I wasn't because I was <laughs> that kid. Uh, <laughs> but so I like never read the books. I saw New Moon when it came out, not having seen the first one. Uh, but a friend asked me to go see it. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, I literally have no idea what's going on. But Bella, where the hell you been, Boca, <laughs> is the funniest thing I've seen in my whole life. And so then last year, two of my best friends now are like, we're both huge Twilight fans back whenever it came out. And so one of them was like, can we like watch it the first one together over Skype and I was like absolutely and I did it and I was like wait and I still maintain this the first Twilight film is kind of a masterpiece um the way that it plays into like gothic romance tropes and stuff and like the way that it's put together aesthetically is just incredible and then for uh Next Best Picture which is a podcast that I'm on we decided to do last year commentary tracks for all of the Twilight films in honor of Kristen Stewart's like impending Oscar nomination for Spencer mm-hmm. which meant that I watched all of them with only a 10 minute break in between each Whoa. one over the course of oh, a Sunday no. <laughs> um yeah I genuinely I don't know what happens in the last one because I was so far gone by that point uh, <laughs> that's such a which I will oh. say yeah it was an undertaking. And, like, was it the best way to experience it? On one hand, like, Thank no. You on the other hand, yeah. was it incredible? Yeah. <laughs> and I actually really did enjoy the first two movies. Like, I think, like I said, the first one is really a masterpiece. I think New Moon is quite 
fun, even though I get so frustrated with, like, every character in it. <laughs> um, the later ones, what I was, like, actually lucid for, <laughs> I was a little bit less thrilled. Um, I will say, though, I am a Charlie Swan stand for yes. life. safe here. Um, yes. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie and Carlisle are my favorite characters. Um which I don't want to analyze what that says. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's definitely the kind of thing where I'm actually very excited because my sister is eight years younger than me and she's 19 and she's never seen any of them. And I think like next month, you know, as part of a sort of Halloween watches, I decided vampires fall into that. And I think I'm going to introduce her to the first one and I'm very much looking forward to it. I love the idea that like, in your home <laughs> when you turn 19 you get to yeah. cross the thresholds and watch all of the Twilight oh movies God. as a Halloween tradition Wait, that's yeah. beautiful <laughs> I am I know that movie theaters have done this for quite a while of like we're gonna the last movie of the series is coming out come to the theater and watch all of them beforehand and I've always thought, like, that's yep. absurd because I need sleep. Um, the idea that you willingly chose that and there what there wasn't a movie coming out, it was just the Oscars, um, yep. is so powerful it- and <laughs> such a commitment uh, to your craft. Uh, I feel bad because the last movie does kind of fuck. Um, <laughs> and so to... I definitely need to, like watch them again at some point not all in a row like that and not for the first time Mm. um i just there is listen that like fake out with the (laughs) battle i literally threw something i I was like i can't handle this (laughs) to be to be essentially a, a zombie at this point like on the cusp of being awake and asleep and to see that battle scene i cannot imagine yep at all but that's powerful. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, amazing. What a... You were like, oh, this actually isn't interesting, but let me give you the most interesting story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really underselling it. Thank you. <laughs> How dare you. Um, I am curious if you had seen the, the Dakota Johnson version of persuasion the 22 the 22 version um prior to when we were watching this together yeah i i actually reviewed this whenever it came out because i had been excited Mm -hmm. for it i love persuasion and it's it's an interesting book sort of my backstory with it is that i read it several years ago and was kind of like yeah okay this is good it's not jane austen's best whatever and then i reread it last Mm. year and i have to say reading it at the age of 27 hit very different yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) sort of this whole idea of this woman who you know feels that she made mistakes in her youth and knows that she can't backtrack from them feels like, you know, there's sort of nowhere for her to go in life anymore. I was like, okay, well, there's my quarter-life crisis. Um, and it, it just hit really hard. It's it's Jan Austen's most mature novel. It was the last thing that she wrote before her death. And you definitely can feel the, the you know, sort of the aura of a woman 
looking back on her life, looking back on, you know, sort of romantic entanglements, who never got married, who did sort of live out her life as the spinster being passed from sibling to sibling and helping with their children. And I think that there is so much of Jane Austen herself in the novel. So I was, perhaps understandably, a little worried whenever they announced the... Um, persuasion adaptions that were coming and I was very excited for the Sarah Snook yes. okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it fucking breaks me hmm. that we did not yep. get two of these at the same time it would have been so why couldn't we just let beautiful. them fight each other in the in the god's honest way of the streaming wars <laughs> but the fact that one had to be the sacrificial lamb and that had to be Miss Sarah Snook is fucked up because I just think that's I, hilarious. I just yeah. think that's, that's like there can't be two. We used to have that. <laughs> yeah. Like I want to say like yeah. 2004 to 2007. Persuasion's not a rom com, but like mm-hmm. we used to have rom coms mm-hmm. all the time that like were essentially the same scripts that would right. come out around the same time. We had two idea. separate documentaries about Fire Festival in one year. Yes. You know, yes. we can ha- we have the bandwidth for this. You know what I mean? Exactly. And yep. why? Why are you going to give me, don't tease me with Sarah Snook, with her like milk cream skin, her red <laughs> ass hair, yep. and her just like, I don't give a fuck face. And then just take it away. And I also, that version was meant to be adapted by Jessica Swale who is like a London playwright and now um, screenwriter who did this movie called Summerland, which is on Amazon, which I like plug this all the time. It is a like World War II era period drama, um, like lesbian romance um, with Gugu Mbatha-Raw and Jim Arton. And it is incredible. And I just know that she would have known exactly what to do with this material. And instead we got this Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah um but so I watched it to review it and I was like it was one of those things where I was trying so hard to go in with an open mind and by like 10 minutes in I was like absolutely not Mm -hmm. and then I watched it again I watched it with a friend over Skype because I was like maybe I've been too harsh like if it'll be fun at least I guess to rewatch it and I hated it even more (laughs) 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 Yeah. The, this is tough. Yeah. <laughs> this is tough because I I am I was an English major. I taught <laughs> English and social studies as a teacher. I know this book fucking front to back. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I know that adaptations work well. We've seen really good adaptations of classic pieces this mm-hmm. year like we talked about mm-hmm. fucking cody what was it fire island this year oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. like you don't have to make it the exact thing from book to screen it doesn't have to be that way right do we learn nothing is, from clueless <laughs> have <laughs> let's we learned have nothing some fun from, exactly <laughs> yeah like you don't have to make it exactly period appropriate Especially so with someone like Dakota Johnson, because like literally, she can, if it were something that wasn't as strictly tied to 
the source material and like the period and whatever I feel like she could do better in it you know what I mean like I think there's something about her that just doesn't have like the range and I'm sorry to Mm -hmm. say it but like her it just doesn't fit her face just screams that she has used a microwave yeah absolutely absolutely like there is a there's an element of like (laughs) modern mystique to her that feels very unbreakable where everyone else I feel like in the film is a pretty okay job at like some sort of camouflage or like adaptation right but like she just feels very stuck (laughs) in this um and very like not in a way that's like actually indicative of like what she can do and i feel like she could have more fun with it if it was like a little bit looser around the edges but the fact that it's so uh stuck in that it's it's not really great for her and we just saw her in cha-cha real smooth we know she can act right yeah it's more so that she is very much confined in this somewhat trying to be historically accurate but using very anachronistic language Mm -hmm. that it's confusing yeah completely what i do love about this is i think that the rest of the cast is good can we talk about richard e grant please (laughs) okay my dad (laughs) i wish he was in it more than like the 30 seconds that he was in it because it's perfect he's perfect um I will watch him in anything, uh, and he plays, like, recently at least, the same kind of guy, which I love, Yeah, <laughs> you know? <laughs> He's like, I'm just gonna be, like, a smarmy kind of asshole and funny, and I'm like, yes, I'm with you for sure, dude. Um, <laughs> take me with you on this ride. Um, but him as the dad, Sir Walter, or whatever um is so good it's like he's super vain he's super rich and then he's not because he blew all his money um and he's just kind of a dick um and he's great and just watch looking at him in period clothes i love it i love to see it you know (laughs) it makes me happy i wanted just a whole movie about him i was like actually forget ann elliot let's yeah you know what i want to see him (laughs) try to do like financial crimes you know what i mean like (laughs) (laughs) that's what i want i've been in love with richard e grant since i saw him be an asshole manager in spice world yes and incredible (laughs) his oeuvre is so good so much (laughs) yeah i loved him I thought that the casting of the sisters was really good what Mm -hmm. i didn't realize cody Mm -hmm. is mary plays Mia in the Vampire Academy TV show that we're going to watch. Oh, shit. I did so, not even realize yeah. that. Interesting. Didn't yeah. realize that. Right. But I also didn't, like, I'm, I have a, a really big crush on Henry Golding. Yeah. He, I <laughs> thought he did a, I thought he did Mr. Elliot pretty good. Uh, he's supposed to be a pretty, like, scumbag, so... Yeah. It was frustrating because I was like, damn, you're hot, but okay. <laughs> but you're so bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what do I have to do to get him, like, as the lead romantic figure in a Jane Okay, God, for real. I know. <laughs> for real. Because we were, like, so I'm excited not... for a second. Because I don't know if we got, like, the names and stuff when the cast, or the casting stuff was announced. I, I can't remember. Yep. Um, but I was like, we were like, fuck yeah, I want to see him, <laughs> like, be this sort of lead guy. And then I was like, oh, he's there, but he's not, like main dreamy romance guy which i'm like mm-hmm. he deserves and we deserve more than anything <laughs> that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i hope that this means that he will be in more because i thought that he did yeah. a really good job 
However, I'm not complaining because I did not know who Cosmo was before this. Mm-hmm. And I could not mm-hmm. take my eyes off him yeah. in this. It, uh, hello? <laughs> this man? Yeah. <laughs> also, just the fact so that his name pretty. is Cosmo. Incredible. Beautiful. I love it. I know. Cosmo Jarvis, like, who named you? You're beautiful. <laughs> right? It was, it was fascinating um, to see him play Wentworth. I thought that it was, I mean, there's a lot of changes, I think, between the book and the movie. It would take so long to talk about a lot mm-hmm. of them. But mm-hmm. I found it odd that the the main thing in the movie that uh, Frederick Wentworth uh, was going through was like, damn, do I want to get back on this sexy boat or do I want to stay here? <laughs> right. When, like, that's yeah. not, <laughs> like, that's not really what's going on in the book, but Okay. Let's talk about your sexy boat, you know, right. officer. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. Oh, God. <laughs> also, shout out to, I don't remember his name. I didn't, I don't think I wrote it down. But the, like, queer-coded friend of Wentworth that we saw oh, just, like, two yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. Loved that. Loved that. Representation more matters. That. <laughs> Wanted more of that. Also, isn't, um, isn't Cosmo in that, um... Florence Pugh, Macbeth, Lady Macbeth adaptation or whatever. I think he's, he's done. That. When I looked at his yeah. IMDb, he's done like so. so many things, and I did yeah. not know. Right, he's got a face that is like unnaturally suited for a period piece, which is interesting. I'm like, oh, okay, I get this. I like this, you know. Yep. Like, this this scratches <laughs> okay, something. Okay, he was in Peaky Blinders. He was in All Annihilation, right. but he was uncredited for it. Oh, justice for him. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah, him, Florence Pugh, beautiful. Love it. I think it's because his yeah. photo on IMDb, he has no hair. He has like a butt. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, who is this yeah. man? Completely <laughs> different, dude. Yeah. Suddenly I realized why I Superman also... got away with this. <laughs> I also have to say, I think my favorite cast member is um, Mia McKenna Bruce. Mm. I think it is who plays yes. Mira. Because she is the one, I was like, I want to see the film that she thinks she's going yes. to. Yes. Yes. infinitely funnier than everything else going she's on She's, like, here. putting in the work, like, you know? Like, she was giving, like, Autumn DeWilde's Emma. Yes. In the best way possible. Completely. I also love that she's so tiny. When they were doing those, like, group yeah, excursions, right? she was so short. <laughs> uh, and that was very beautiful, because she was just like, Damn, my life sucks. I'm going to talk about myself all the time. And I was like, you're just so small. And that's beautiful to me. So it's just a lot of I was pent-up. like, how does all that rage in that tiny figure? It's a very compact situation. Yeah. I, so there aren't, listen, there's no reason all bad. There are some scenes with the landscape that I was like, this is all right. I can mm-hmm. see where the money went. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just found it very difficult. <laughs> One, Dakota's accent's not, uh, it's rough. Yeah. It's doing it's something. There's something happening. Certainly not consistent. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's actually doing many yeah, things. It's actually, yeah, maybe <laughs> I'm giving too much shit on it. It's actually doing a lot of different accents, which is actually more impressive. So <laughs> I take that back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think one. Of, I think it was like the fourth uh, bullet point that I wrote was like I just wrote out uh, phonetically how she pronounced fortune. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is gonna be bad. 
Um, I think I don't hate a, a piece that breaks the fourth wall inherently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hence why Fleabag worked so well for people. Yeah. Yep. Listen, I, you know, I love a hot priest. I get it. Um, <laughs> I think it's when it's, when it's Dakota, who automatically, every time she looks at the camera, I think, oh, I'm poor. Um, <laughs> that it feels weird. And the combination of, like, you're wearing what's trying to be historically accurate clothing, but you're also saying, now I'm single and thriving. Right. I'm, I don't know where I'm supposed to exist right now. I also feel like what really annoyed me, too, is that it felt like they sort of felt the need to, like, really over-the-top modernize Mm -hmm. everything and um, sort of, like, translate almost. Mm -hmm. Some of the, like, language that they used felt like those, like, Shakespeare for dummies books where it's like, let me translate this for you. But you don't need to do that for Jane Austen's language. It's kind of the point of her whole writing, you know? (laughs) Like... Right. It almost felt like insulting as an audience member. Like, they thought that I couldn't understand Mm. it if they didn't do that or something. And I think, like, the breaking of the fourth wall could have been fine if the language wasn't what it was. Like, again, to reference, because I do hold this as, like, a gold standard for Austin adaptations. Like, if they'd had Anya Taylor-Joy breaking the fourth wall in Emma, I actually think that could have worked. Especially Um, in that movie. And could have... Right, and could have been quite fun. But also, I'm like, persuasion doesn't need, like, super modernized. We don't need to put the word X into it <laughs> right. for people to be able to relate We to don't it. need Mary to call herself an empath. You know what I mean? Like- oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. There's, especially when, and I am very aware that you have to take, with any sort of adaptation, you have to take the source material and you have to kind of chop and screw it to make it fit in yep. to however long. It doesn't mm-hmm. need to be under two hours. I'm not complaining because some people, you know, it's like three hours, right? But yeah. you have to make edits. I get that. It's more so about, like, why multiple times was Anne Elliot saying he's a 10? What? Hello? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. it's like, I, okay, I also, I feel like in trying to make her, like, quirky, it also was very much the, like, Elizabeth benefication yes. of mm-hmm. Anne Elliot, because some people think that all Jane Austen, like, heroines are interchangeable, and they're yeah. not. But I felt like they made her really mean, to the point of me being like, I don't like this Anne Elliot. Like, <laughs> yeah. she literally just walks around judging everyone. And that's the wrong book. And Yeah. <laughs> Anne literally was supposed to be, like, incredibly like, introverted. And not yep. not saying anything the whole time. And so if you're doing a fourth wall, that helps the audience. Because the original book yep. is in third person, not first. So sure, we can do that. But so much, I completely agree. I think so much of the commentary that they were giving her was like, we need to make this spicy and fresh and funky. And it's like, that is not, that's not this character though. So what is this? <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. It was weird. It makes people think that this the is part, and it's not. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's, like, what really bothers me because, I, like you said, you always have to sort of change up the source material. And I think my thing is that if I watched this not 
having already read the source material, it would not make me want to read it. Or it would make me, like, go read it and then be annoyed that it was nothing like what I thought it was going Mm -hmm. to be. And I just worry that, like, you know, I'm all for something, like, clueless or um, 10 Things I Hate About You that's going to bring people maybe to this material in a way that, you know, they might not otherwise have been. But I feel like this could turn people off of Jane Austen. I think I agree. I think that if you re- if you watch this movie and you were like, yes, Anne Elliot, I love all of your little quips. I love that you were like, sorry, I made an Agamemnon joke and you didn't get it. Because um, same. <laughs> um, and then yeah. you go and read the book and you're like, wait, what the fuck? This is nothing like this. You're going to be very yep. confused. <laughs> if you just watch the movie and you saw Dakota Johnson say, don't worry, darling, and you had a heart attack. Right. <laughs> you were like, okay, cool. Like, I love this movie. <laughs> Great. Oh, my God. Okay, Google, stop. I'm going to assume that your Google is uh, just so deep in the don't worry, darling drama that it just perks she's up like, whenever <laughs> you say. <laughs> yeah, she's listening. <laughs> yep, stuck. Um <laughs> This is more, I guess this is more of just a Richard E. Grant piece of gratefulness. But there are parts of this movie that are not all bad. One that very much stands out to me was that, like, scream when they were all hung over at the breakfast table in Bath. And Mm. when when Walter Elliott was like, I'm experiencing joy for the first time. Um... (laughs) Because parts of this movie are very... They made me laugh, which I appreciate. And I can kind of... I can separate the source material for a moment and be like, yes, I thought it was very funny that Anne Elliot was talking about being an octopus in front of these royals. That's great and good. I love that. It's just... What is happening? Why? What's happening? Yep. (laughs) I also... I worry... That if someone watched this movie and uh, liked the pining, the all of the like missed connections, mm. and they saw, <laughs> there's a lot of the language. The I think the anachronistic language kind of got under my skin the most. But I think one of the parts that hurt my heart was the letter at the end, um, because it's not it's not the same um it's good don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong i love being able to hear more of cosmo's voice because he's really not in this that much um but the from what i remember when i read this book the letter that wentworth writes is a lot longer and is more like not like bitter but it's more like how dare you Anne elliot for saying that women love men longer because like where we love heterosexual romances here. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> but he's like, I can't listen to this anymore. And it's like more, it's longer and it's more like bitter. And like, whereas the one that they did in the movie is far more like, um, like I've always loved you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, hey, queen, you don't have to respond or anything, but just wanted to let you right. know. <laughs> I've yeah, always been pining like, for you. Yes Right. (laughs) 
Well, and also, at that point, they've already been discussing their feelings so much. Yeah, for sure. That it didn't feel like it was building up to that big reveal moment, because, like, they literally keep talking about their feelings the entire way through. And I'm like, where's the repression? Where's the yearning? You guys are too open and communicative, actually. (laughs) Because, like, at the end, you're like, oh, is she gonna chew? What is she gonna do? You know, not that anyone has that question, but, like, it's not the same, like, level of, like foolery or something that's like oh maybe you know something could happen here but it's like no obviously like it's a very clear cut they've been talking this whole time they're very clear with Mm -hmm. each other about how they've been feeling and it's not really a big thing that's repressed for that much longer you know it's like okay cool (laughs) got it Uh, and that was something too that the the opera scene is really like i'm glad that they did end up choosing opera because i opera always makes my heart fucking race because I don't like it um, and it feels appropriate there that Frederick was like you know what fuck this I gotta go I need my I'm out. Um, <laughs> I need I need my woman the sea um, and it's wild that in the movie I mean they cut a lot of things right because they don't really talk about like Anne's mom they don't mm-hmm. talk really about her going mm-hmm. to bath and like her friend that was there who was like in the book her friend was like you we went to school together we were besties you need to know that mr elliot aka henry golding is trash watch out for him but also in the book Anne elliot um was never really considering getting married to henry golding whoa (laughs) yep he was in the book actually yeah Um, yeah (laughs) (laughs) to mr elliot um and but in the movie they kind of make it seem like uh, and Elliot is thinking about it, which it's, I know, it's cousins, it's weird, but <laughs> listen, <laughs> it happens. Um, the wild thing, though, is there's not, what I really wanted from this movie, and I knew that I wasn't going to get it because we had Dakota leading this and not Sarah Snook, is I wanted a Matthew moment of, like, the hands touching. Like, I wanted, mm-hmm. yes, I wanted yearning. Of, like, the 2005 Pride and Prejudice, and it it wasn't going to happen, and that hurt. Um, and I felt like a fucking slap in the face when we got Birdie at the end. Because <laughs> it's like, this is not what I signed up for. Literally. Like, and that's the thing, it's a, it's a story entirely about yearning and repressing your feelings, and almost like a cautionary tale of, like, if you let yourself be swayed by others and you repress these feelings, like... And Elliot gets her second chance, but I feel like there's something in the in the you know con- like subtext of it that's like you might not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just it's the kind of adaptation where I'm like, why did they bother adapting Persuasion if they didn't want to do Persuasion? Mm-hmm. And if you're not gonna do it, then pull a do something completely different. Like don't yeah. don't try to make it historically accurate and do something completely different. And that is why, I mean, I love adaptations like that. I think that's why, for me, like, Fire Island resonated so deeply. That's why the Lizzie Bennet Diaries resonated so deeply. Oh, my God, <laughs> like, yes. Take, take something where people have this negative connotation with classics and twist it so that it feels like it, uh, it's more accessible and appealing to them. And it doesn't even necessarily need to be as, like, overt. I think that mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know until Cody had told me that Fire Island was a, 
homage. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh shit, like this is very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that to try and make persuasion and then to do it poorly just makes me mad when you don't have to, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. It didn't have to, you couldn't, you didn't need to hurt everyone's feelings. Yeah. It could have been different. (laughs) (sighs) But alas. Yeah. What, here's my question for you. Since you've watched this now two, three times. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) If you had the choice to go back in time or even now to redo this, same cast, same budget, would Mm. you keep it historically accurate or would you do like a clueless adaptation? And what would be, how would you, if you had all control, how would you remake it? Okay. So that's a good question. My, My first thing with that is that I think if I'm keeping this cast, I want to still make it historical in that I don't think Dakota Johnson is old enough to play a modernized Anne Elliot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I think with this story being told, like, she she plays, you know, as if she's in her late 20s, maybe early 30s. And I think that so much of the story of Anne Elliot and of Persuasion is about sort of feeling that you are past your chance okay. at yeah. romance and that you have, you know looking at your life ahead of you and thinking this is all that it'll ever be. So I think that if I was going to do a modern adaptation to sort of capture that, I would want to make Anne older. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would want to make her older. I'd want there to be some like quips in there about like women's fertility and things like that. Um, so I think if I kept it historical though, I, I really do think that a lot of it could be fixed simply in the language mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. <laughs> um like not ever saying the word exes. <laughs> um especially because I think even like without the modern connotations of all of that, I still just think that like that language does not capture anything meaningful between of what they're trying to say. Like you know, even if they'd been like, you know, now he's just the one that got away, that would have sat better with yeah. me. Um, but I think really how I would fix it would just be to A, like, not so obviously try to cater to, like, a some sort of Gen Z audience that I don't think they were getting anyways <laughs> with this. Um, like, take out the, the weird, this is a playlist that oh. he made, like, <laughs> yeah. flops down stack of music. <laughs> Um, and then I think I would just sort of try to refocus it more on making Anne more Anne Elliot, you know, make her nicer, make her more introverted, uh, cut some of her like weird freak out scenes. Like when she suddenly at the dinner table announces that her brother-in-law proposed to her first. Oh God, that was awkward. Um, and instead use the breaking of the fourth wall to deliver some of that information. Cause like, that's something where I'm like, that should have been in a fourth wall break. Mm-hmm. That should have been, and to the audience, because Anne is never going to bring that up in front of mm-hmm. other people. And I think that that could have been used in a really cool way to sort of give us insight to this very introverted character, but they didn't make her introverted. And I also think I would cut the amount of wine we see her drinking because I was like, 
Does Anne Elliot have an alcohol yeah, problem? I'm a little concerned. The way it was kind of teased uh, there felt <laughs> not great, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this feels vaguely problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I really do think it's the kind of thing that, like, they had good ingredients. I think the script is the real problem. Yeah. And the other thing I would change is that my weirdest, like, historian gripe with it is that the rest of the costuming hair and makeup are actually pretty good, but everything that they have on Dakota Johnson is so horrendously inaccurate. <laughs> and, like, I just don't know what happened because everyone else looks fine. Yeah. Um, I, it, like, it's genuinely confusing to me. <laughs> yeah, it does help her stand out even more, too. Like, the fact that she already does look, like, more modern yeah. than everyone else, but, like, the fact that her mm-hmm. clothes, in comparison to everyone else, too, it's, like also feels kind of in a different world it's like you're not helping this sort of situation here (laughs) exactly there was a moment when Wentworth and Anne were in the carriage together I think when Wentworth was going to talk to Louisa's family and they were they had more of a close-up shot on Dakota at that time where you could kind of just see her coat and Dakota had her hair up and it looked mm-hmm. like Dakota right now in 2023. <laughs> right. And yep. it was, it took me so much out of the scene. Aside from the fact that there was like weird CGI happening um, in the background. And they, I think they must have reshot that because when they've done, they did carriage scenes earlier between Anne uh, and Lady Russell where it looked fine. They had both of them in the shot. They didn't have Anne <laughs> and Wentworth in the same shot, so it was very odd. Um, but seeing her, just her like neck up from there, or maybe it was just her shoulders up, it looked like it could have been pulled from like Fifty Shades or something. Um, and that was the moment where I was like, the rest of her clothes looked fine, like mm-hmm. sure. But I was like, this woman should not have been in this movie. There's no, no ma'am. So I agree yeah. 100%. I think about it constantly. What a movie <laughs> like Persuasion <laughs> would have been with Sarah Snuff, but we will just have to dream, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but I I love to be able to hear your opinions on what this could have been like instead. And it makes me wonder if they even consulted for accuracy mm. at all. Which literally is literally <laughs> at all. <laughs> which is wild. Um, I am excited, though. Next week, we are starting, finally, the Vampire Academy television series that's on Peacock. Um, Finally. And Mary, the sister, who's played by the actress Mia, is in that television show playing the character Mia, which is very odd. Um, But (laughs) I'm excited to (laughs) to see her in that. uh, It's a fun little crossover that I was not expecting. Yeah. Um, we have some amazing patrons to thank. Cody, do you want to start us off? Absolutely. Thank you to Katie Black. Ooh. Thank you to Kylie Minty. Thank you to Alex Dornan. Ooh. Thank you to Carrie Goldberg. Thank you to Rebecca Cullen. Ooh. Thank you. To Mulch Gray. Mulch, welcome back. Thank you to Jasmine Anastasia. 
Ooh, I thank you to Megan Pattinson. Ooh, thank you to Cassandra O'Shea. O'Shea. Thank you to Clara Belikoff. Pew pew. Thank you to Katya Karp. Ooh, thank you to Hannah Dragomir. Ow. Thank you to Hope Castile. Ooh, thank you to Rachel Ashford. Pew pew pew. Thank you to Emerson Karova. Ooh, thank you to Maddie Facinelli. Pew pew pew. Thank you to Samara Rinaldi. Ooh, thank you to Genevieve Morgan. Ow, ow. Thank you to Tess Avery. Ooh, thank you to Danielle Burke. Pew, pew, pew. Thank you to my mom, your oh. mom, oh. all of our moms, Kelly Beck. <laughs> Heck yeah. Thank you to Sophia Salinger. Pew, pew. Thank you to Laura Forty. Thank you to Dan Zucklos. Pew. Thank you to Maria Swan. Thank you to India Peach. Pew, pew. Thank you to Emily O'Sara. And last but certainly not least, thank you to Jaylene Ivishkov. Pew, pew, pew. I am so excited to know what fan fiction that you have brought to this space. Okay, so I really was going back and forth on this <laughs> because I, unsurprisingly, probably based on what my Twilight story is, I've never really read Twilight fanfic. And I was like, do I just share my favorite thing I've read recently? And I decided yeah, yes. Okay. Um, lately, I finally watched Stranger Things um, recently mm. and got very into it. And I read this uh, Steve uh, Harrington, Eddie Munson fanfic. Oh my god. That okay. was oh shit. Yeah, yeah, and it, the whole fanfic, so it's called The Most Remarkable Thing About mm. You Standing in the Doorway Is That It's You. It's by uh, Great Unironic on AO3, and it is done in a way that sort of reminds me of Daisy Jones and the Six, in that it is sort of about, like, Eddie has become a rock star, and so there's all these, like, interview, um, like, segments intercut throughout the whole story. Oh. Um, it's only, like, five chapters. I highly recommend it. But I, I want to read just, like, a little bit from the first chapter. Um, okay. I saw this as your Twitter Eddie was a... and I got very... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes. My, I will say real quick, um, my best friend and I for Halloween are going as Steve and Eddie. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, they, they take up all my brain space right now. <laughs> Eddie was a rock star, four albums, five, and Steve was some jumped-up white boy in inner-city Chicago trying to make a difference, while Eddie was spread out on the cover of Rolling Stone, crooked smile and eyeliner, a Megadeth t-shirt riding up his stomach to show off the tattoos he got to cover up all those Dimabat bites. Steve just had scars he didn't talk about. And sure, they ran into each other all the time, this event for one of the kids or that, called and wrote letters and emailed. Sure, they went to the same weddings and parties and anniversaries, mourned the same things, were haunted by the same things. Sure, sometimes Steve felt Eddie's eyes from across the room. Sure, sometimes Steve had to look away. It was just too late. It was okay. It was fine. Sometimes, no matter how bad you wanted something, it didn't work out. He was happy with them as friends. Some things weren't meant to be. Lots of people, he thought, had regrets. It didn't make him special. Matchin was still staring at him. 
I didn't fuck anything up, he repeated. It just, it never worked out. It's fine, I promise. Obviously, I picked this to go along with the theme of the actual persuasion. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love a second chance at love story. Yes. <laughs> that is... Yeah, highly recommend this. So important and amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, oh, I didn't know that I needed that until right now. Right? Right? So thank you so much for this gift. <laughs> of course. Um, oh, thank you. Um, it has been an absolute joy to have you, Nicole. Where can folks go online to support your work? Yeah, thank you both so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Uh, I am on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Nicole Ackman 16 and that's where I always tweet out links to my work, but for the most part, I'm over at uh, Awards Watch, writing reviews, uh, Music City Drive-In writing reviews, and then over at Oscar Central, talking about Oscar predictions, uh, sort of award movies, and all that sort of thing. Ooh, just everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I truly am just all over the place all the time. <laughs> I love that. Um, that is not surprising, given the the vast <laughs> amount of things that you do. Um, but it is uh, it is helpful to be able to know. Um, that is that is amazing. Consider yourself welcome at any time. Uh, once you have been oh, able to uh, rewatch the Twilight movies with your sister, doing your initiation yes. ritual. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is a. Something I'm very much looking forward to. But Mm -hmm. folks, I hope that you have enjoyed our sweeps week slash sweeps month. Yeah. Um, That's been been good. Um, And until next week, as we say here in the Pacific Northwest. Get bit. And get whipped. Ooh. Ooh. Into the Twilight is an Earbud Media production. You can follow us on Twitter at Into the Twilight or on TikTok at Into the Twilight Show. You can find me at Cody Corral on Twitter and Allie at Alexandria Does. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash into the twilight. We have merch, so much stuff. All those links are in the episode description. And make sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast hosting platform. It really helps the show. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.